Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. It is our final episode for 2022. Nikki Moffat, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Kirsty Rice. Hey, Nikki, before I was about to do the intro and then all this week you've been WhatsApping me saying, I think we should do an AI intro or whatever you've you've heard it on someone else's podcast. I on purposely have not asked a question about it because I figure you can tell us all all about it. So this week has been the very big AI chatbot week. So there was a big, uh, lots of lots of articles in the newspapers about uh, how university essays could be written by just putting a few pieces of information and then they just make a whole essay for you. And it actually reads <sighs> very, very well. And so there was the question of how is this going to impact, you know, um, education and things like that. But there have been other people just putting things in and getting it to spit out other pieces of information. And I was listening to a podcast and it said, write a poem in the form of Shakespeare and gave it sort of three tips. And then it just spat out this amazing, amazing poem. And um, so I said, oh, we should totally do that for our intro. We should just put some <laughs> few pieces of information in and spit it out. So where did you go to do it? Where What site did you go to to do it? Uh, it's called Chatbot AI, I believe. And you have right. to log in. You have to give it your email address and your telephone number. So it's uh... already after me. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but I took one for the team and I took one for the team, Kirsty, and I put the information in and then it gave me the poem and then I sent it to you and I said, your intro is much better. <laughs> we should stick with your intro. <laughs> I did see that it said something about, let me just find it, said something about, you know, in Copenhagen and Doha, they now reside two long-term Australian expats. It got all that bit really well, well, did really well. But it was the bit where it said, each with six kids born in lands as diverse as London, Tokyo and Cape Town. <laughs> I've missed my Tokyo baby. Have you got one you're not telling me about? No. So I put six kids, but I didn't put together or whatever. I just put six children born <laughs> all in different countries. And so it just made up the countries. I didn't put the countries in. So that's I don't have a London baby either. So as I said... Uh, Turns out AI is not as good as us right now. Not to say it can't be better um, in the future, but still. Yet now in Denmark and Qatar, they find a sense of home and peace they've longed for. <laughs> Are you feeling particularly peaceful? Um, not necessarily. That's what I'm saying. It's not as good, Kirsty. It's not as good as your writing yet. I still think there's money in your work. Okay, Nikki Moffat, this is our festive season episode. Um, you and I have both been in different parts of the world in this time of the year when, well, I know in Doha, there is no Christmas as such because yes, there are the odd Christmas carol in the supermarket, but that could also happen in July. Um, <laughs> and there is, <laughs> there is the occasional tree. None of the things, fun fact about Doha, None of those Christmas decorations are allowed to go up in Doha until after National Day in right. uh, Qatar, which is December the 18th, which is all going to coincide with the end of World Cup, right? So they're going to have the final, have National Day. It's all going to be fabulous. Um, but, yes, usually what happens after National Day, bang, you straight into Christmas trees are up and decorations and the whole thing. But, of course, it's not a it's not a holiday for a work day. So a lot of people work, you know, just a normal day um, 
and have to try and work around it. So I'm very aware that while today we're going to talk about the holiday season as such or the festive season, it's not the same thing for everyone this time of year and we are very, very aware of that. A hundred percent. I have always lived in places with Christmas so I don't haven't had the same experience as you. However, mm-hmm. although there's a debate about whether Hong Kong sh- could be considered that, but it 100% celebrates Christmas. Um, Nikki, with our would you, could you question, and this may very well be our last would you, could you, because I've got some ideas for next year and what we might do for our questions, but we'll save that for the end of the show. Um, Nikki, <clears throat> would you or could you, Give advice on how to minimise the pain of being away from family or friends over the holiday season. Well, I, yes, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it really, it really depends. Some years it's a relief to be away from family and friends yeah. over the holiday season. Yeah. And so that's not a year that you have to minimise the pain because that's a year you're embracing it. But at other times, depending on how you're feeling, it, it, it can be quite, quite tricky and it can be difficult and um you know there is glorification of places and things where you are not and I think that that's something that you know just because you're not there doesn't mean all the things you think are going to happen are happening so I would say that there are quite a few things uh to, to think about and it all depends on you because you personally and like everything every person has a different relationship with the holiday season so for some it's very happy memories for some it's very sad memories for some people couldn't care less and so we're not saying that everybody has the same relationship with it and of course you know there are people that don't celebrate Christmas that end up living in countries that have Christmas and so that's also a culturally and bizarre situation and again you're a product of your environment so often where you have grown up is how you feel Christmas may or should be celebrated or the holiday season that time of year um, be it Hanukkah or other things so I I think it's really situational and personal dependent always with that little bit of extra expat twist. Yes, and I think the expat twist is quite often in our expat world we look back nostalgically at what was, you know, what would I be doing if I was at home or what would it look like and, and oh, poor me, this looks nothing like what, I, what I'm used to it looking like and we, that nostalgia is a dangerous thing. My sister always says this incredibly well, and I won't do it justice, but every Christmas comes around and and I am from a family where my mother had um, very strict traditions of things you had to eat, things you had to do, whatever. And I think a lot of it was enforced by my father. You know, he wanted a hot meal for Christmas lunch. So we would always have, you know, we'd always have the prawn cocktails to start with, with some crayfish in there or lobster or whatever. And then we'd always have a hot roast meal with roast vegetables and the whole, you know, banana armor. And then we'd have plum pudding and custard and ice cream and whatever. And then that night we'd have a whole entourage of people come to the house and it was exhausting for my mother because while my father wanted those things, he didn't help make them happen. He did the dishes at the end, but he really had not much to do with it beforehand. So 
she, of course, then that kind of gets projected onto you as you grow older, that that's what you're meant to provide and that's what you're meant to do. And, of course, you're not. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to do that doesn't fit with you. And my sister always says, why do we all expect that Christmas Day will come and we're all going to turn into the Brady Bunch? Why do we believe that it's all going to be this beautiful, happy, lovely day where we're all going to get on incredibly well and, you know, no one's going to push each other's buttons like they do every other day of the year? You know, what is it that we put this pressure on us? And I think it must be that Christmas Day is never how we remembered it as a child. Um, there's a great saying of the four stages of Santa Claus. Number one is you believe in Santa Claus. Number two is you don't believe in Santa Claus. Number three is you are Santa Claus. And number four is you look like Santa Claus. (laughs) So you can see it all goes downhill after number one because believing in Santa Claus is a wonderful, wonderful thing and it's a magical world. But after that it all starts to, you know, pardon my French, but shit gets real. so I think what happens to us as adults is we we feel all this pressure to do and be and provide and make Christmas so, so special for everyone, particularly, I think, if you are a parent. And then it gets compounded in expat life because then we have the fear of, oh, we can't do this how we used to do it or how we how we believed it to be, you know, because we're away and we're away from family and um so I think I think what I have learned in the last 20 years or how to just sort of give yourself a break is you need to start managing your expectations for this from the start and that it's really handy if you can simplify things as much as you possibly can and I think I have only just learned in the last couple of years yes it has taken me this long to work out that I need to just dumb it right down and expect that everybody's going to have some involvement in Christmas Day and everybody's going to have some jobs to do and some ways to make sure that their Christmas Day, like putting it back on people, of making them make decisions about what they would like to see happen that day and what they would want and to work together on how you're going to make that happen and then just make it very, very simple. What is your Christmas going to look like this year? Wow, that's an amazingly good question, Kirsty Rice, because we're still having the conversation about it. So we've talked before about how some of our favourite Christmases are have been when we've been away and have been with friends. And I think I said on an earlier episode, I arrived back from Australia and my husband said to me, so have we got someone we can spend Christmas with? And I said... I've just walked off the plane, buddy. I'm not really sure. And then yesterday my husband said, well, we could go away for a few days. I said, are you kidding me? It's December. Like it's the 14th of December. Where are we going? What are we doing? So I think that what we're doing is we're having a quiet Christmas. Our son will arrive from Australia on the 21st. So we will be doing, um, I think, something quiet, something at home. And I, I believe we might have drinks or sort of like afternoon tea or catch up with friends. So I I I do love having a meal with other people, but I also think there's there's value in just like having the casual drink after lunch because then you don't have to do all the meal preparation and then you have for, yes. for a, a larger group. So uh, yeah. we have always done Christmas drinks when we've lived overseas and stayed 
stayed for Christmas in in advance of Christmas usually, but on occasion we've had it just on the day. So we'd love to see you in the afternoon, drop by for a drink. We'll be here and just have a little bit of an open house. And we've had, we had great success with that one year in Germany. So I think that's probably what we're going to do this year. So we're going to offer uh, just some drinks and people can drop by and just eat leftovers <laughs> if there is yeah. any. <laughs> but I agree, Nikki. I think the the casual just drop in, drop in and have a drink and, you know, no pressure, no expectation. I love that idea that it's all, I think, I think we just sometimes we forget what it's all about, that it really is meant to just be a day to enjoy uh, the, just being together and that doesn't have to be your immediate family it's just no. appreciating the people you have in in your life yeah yeah that being said I can still see myself yelling and screaming someone clean the bathroom you know I've just got this obsession <laughs> with bathrooms if we have people over like some people may never no one may ever walk in I've just got this thing what if they walk into the bathroom um so <laughs> apart from that yes no I look forward to it I I do I love I love I love an Australian Christmas I love hot weather I love to be warm I love the relaxing of the all the doors and windows open and everything but I do also have come to appreciate a northern hemisphere Christmas where it is a little bit colder and you're a little bit rugged up and to go outside you have to put on a couple of layers and have a bracing walk and obviously we'll be having a dip on the morning of Christmas day so you know there's all these sort of other things that you can embrace and and you know, you don't have to, that's the other thing that you don't have to, you know, worry about if you're doing just a, a, a micro thing with your own family, you don't have to necessarily worry about every single thing that you should include because you're having a, say, a Danish Christmas or a German Christmas, you know, because these things must be on a German Christmas table or a Danish Christmas table. Yeah, You can sort of have a, a, com- a cross combo and just sort of add your own little things. So I think that's also, there's a value in that as well. Yes. If you can find some way to do something for someone else, it also feels a lot better on Christmas too, don't you think? Like I I know every Christmas I get quite, uh, not down in the dumps, but I do, I find the commercialization of Christmas can really get to me. Yeah. And I get really, I, I the, my least favourite moment is the bit where, and we don't use wrapping paper anymore, but this used to be it, when all the wrapping paper all got thrown in the bin after all the presents got opened yep. and it was just this feeling of ick of, oh, my gosh, we have just bought all this stuff and it really is just stuff. If you can find some way of your family doing something nice for someone else or helping out someone else too, that will make you feel a lot better if you are somewhere where you're away and there is the capability to do that. I think that's beautiful. I know in Doha I've had years in the past where we've made uh, Christmas boxes for people that were in jail or we've also given gifts to unmarried uh, mothers who were on their way home, you know, that had found themselves in a predicament elsewhere. Um, So I think if you can find something to do. I heard a great idea the other day of that you should ring your local women's shelter and just say, I want to put together, you know, a basket for a family. I know that everything's, you know, private and that you can't 
give me anyone's details, but could you just tell me what size bathrobe could I buy or what size pyjamas could I buy or is there a boy or a girl or, a, you know, someone that I could buy for? And I thought that's, that's a brilliant idea to do something really personal for someone else. I just think it makes, you know, it, make, it, it brings back the goodness and the real, the, the true idea of it. Yeah, because we come from a place where Christmas is about giving and celebrating that part of yes. it. And, you know, we, we say to our children, oh, you know, kind of starving children in Africa. Well, we don't say that to our children, but our <laughs> parents said that to us. So it is, yes. and, 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 part of being away is finding new ways to be able to contribute. And, you know, you might have just arrived in a country, so it might be a way for you to reach out to, an, you know, and ask people what are you doing to volunteer over the Christmas season or period and that you might find lots of different things that you've never had the opportunity to do before just because you happen to be in a different country. So, yeah, 100%. I'm doing the Toys for Tots through the um, US consulate here. Um, so, <laughs> But I just quickly yeah. checked when you started talking about that. I quickly checked the date that I had to deliver the presents by. <laughs> it's okay. I'm still okay. I've got a few days left. So, yeah, I think that it's where whatever you are and whatever you, you can do is, you know, it. it it is an opportunity to do something new and and to give back to the country that you're in and the people that live there mm. which is which is always good okay Kirsty, moving past christmas so let's move on yeah uh, but still stay in the in the festive season and the spirit of it so would you could you set plans resolutions or goals based on calendar years or not anymore as in what's the point of making plans in COVID? since COVID or are calendar year goals as effective in a globally mobile life? For example, is it better to be based on when you move or move? So where we come from, there's a tradition of new year's resolutions, you know, and that they start on the 1st of January, but is that, you know, are we making vision boards and doing that anymore? Or, um, yeah, is our, are we, you know, are we, booking all our holidays come January for the rest of the year? I don't think so. I think that we've sort of evolved as a people and certainly as a people, as a, as a human race and certainly as a, in an expat life, it's not, you know, you might be moving in February, you know, saying for a friend. Yeah. And so it, it, it you know, there mightn't be any point making grand plans for the year. You just have to think about how that all works, you know, how that's all going to roll out depending on where you are and what stage you're at in your particular part of your globally mobile life. I think you bang on. I, you know, I think until you'd written this question down, I hadn't been able to actually get it straight in my head. And I think you're absolutely bang on is I think in the expat world, Yes, we did still set those plans and goals in the past. Even if we were, maybe we were going to move, maybe we wouldn't move. You know, I have a lot of girlfriends that would spend so much time mapping out their travel, you know, and getting yep. the best possible airfare that they could get to get, you know, either home, inverted commas, for the summer or, you know, that holiday that they'd planned because they'd just moved, you know, to whatever expat location and this was their chance to go and, you know, see whatever they wanted to see. I don't hear those conversations anymore. Do you know, I I think I think COVID did stop a lot of that. And, you know, I, I've also realised there is sort of a complete and absolute fatigue with making plans <laughs> And setting goals that came from COVID because we just 
kept getting squashed and kept getting squashed. And, you know, even, even now we're having another wave of COVID here in Australia. And while it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean the same as in your locked up for seven days or you're doing special rat tests or you can't go until you've, you know, done whatever, it still is affecting everything in that in the back of your mind you're thinking, well, I better not go to that because I won't be able to get on a plane. You know, I don't want to get COVID before I've got to, got to get on a plane to do whatever or I don't want to put myself in in this sort of situation. And, yeah, I think it has caused us to live our lives so differently. And while while you can say that everybody has been affected in this way, like everybody's had to curb their travel plans and everybody's had to change how their sort of how their planning looks, whether they're an expat or not, but how that affects an expat I think is is a huge deal because it affects you know, you and I, the conversation we had last week, would you go and work in China and would you accept a job in China? And the very first thing we're talking about is, well, what does COVID look like in China? Do you know, so there's something different about where we're, the decisions we're making about how we're going to live and work and how far we want to be away from people. And, you know, I think it's changed everything. And I, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think, I don't think we have that same, maybe we just don't have our confidence back yet. I think that's true, but I, I definitely think that we don't have our confidence back. I think goal people are going to go, you know, like <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're a goal-setting person, you're still going to do it. And maybe they are, the, they are the people that are get more disappointed and more frustrated by the current situation because they have a set of these are the things we're going to do or these are the holidays we're going to have. And, you know, but maybe COVID has helped them slow down or I, I don't know I'm not that person but I, I, I know friends of mine that don't get home from a holiday and book their next holiday not yeah. because you know they have ridiculous extravagant holidays but just because they always like to have something to look forward to even if it's a long weekend away or something in three or four months it's it's just something that is very part of their psyche and they really found it very difficult and they live on a small island off the UK and they found it difficult during COVID to not be able to do that to not have that to look forward to so I think you know it's affected everyone differently and you do sort of have different things but the rest of us are going to do what we what we do so sporadically we might plan things and their goals around you know education or self-improvement or I want to run a marathon did I ever tell you about that time? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, there's all these sorts of things that you might set goals for and they don't need to be set at the beginning of the year or whatever. They just have to be incorporated. So, I mean, if, let, if you're doing let's all plan, plan all the things, you know that now the opposite of that could happen. So maybe people have come to more of a happy medium and maybe, you know, it's all about just fitting it in with your life and I don't know maybe that we talk about age and stage a lot maybe this is us talking about our age and stage maybe there still are people out there doing that (laughs) I think I think we've we've missed the the one really big thing too though is that travel is still really not pleasant at the moment because of (laughs) I've not missed that (laughs) so um I think that is one of the main points, right, is because I've said to so many people all year, every time someone has said to me, oh, yeah, I think, you know, and I've been in Australia and they've said, 
we're going to go to London or we're going to go to New York or whatever. I have looked at them like they are absolutely crazy and gone, do you have to? Because I really wouldn't do it unless you really have to. Now, I'm speaking as someone that flies economy class everywhere. Yeah. So my flying involves having to go and, you know, sit at the gate and you're sitting at that gate for the extra hour because the plane is absolutely jam-packed shoulder to shoulder so they're getting an extra, you know, 100 people on the flight than they used to do, that the state of the toilets on that flight oh, is no. absolutely gross by the yes. time you're, you're into your fifth or sixth hour. You don't know, first four hours, that's key. Yeah. You cannot go to the yes. bathroom after the first four hours on a long-haul flight. No. No, um, that you will be shoulder to shoulder with someone that you've never met before and you're about to know really, really well, maybe better than anyone else. And um, it just isn't pleasant. Like it's not because, no. you know, gone are the days of having an extra couple of seats to sort of stretch out on, you know, possibly if you're a frequent flyer or whatever. So, yeah, I don't think it's it's we still haven't gone back to the old way of travel where it is an enjoyable thing so for those of you that are flying business class good go for it you keep doing you like that's good (laughs) make the most of it I, I am envious and you should do it but if you're not I'd still say you know it's not it's still not what it used to be now Nikki on that with how we were talking about the um the planning and the would you and the do we have the optimism and whatever. This is why I think we need to change our questions for next year. So I was thinking about this uh, just today in the car, how would you and could you are both very retrospective ideas, right, for asking people questions. So I'm wondering, should our questions to each other next year, should they be how will you? And so that we can oh, look think at you little... making goals before the end of the year. <laughs> so that when I ask you next year, instead of asking you if you would, I'm going to ask you how you will. Um, because I think maybe that's what we need going forward because it has been, I think, We've talked about this and I've heard many other people talk about this, how we're all exhausted by COVID without trying to sound too overly dramatic. You know, Mm. there's a lot of people that have had much bigger problems. But I think COVID has worn us down and um, just the illness and the other, there seems to have been a lot of other illnesses that have gone with it, you know, that now everybody's getting these really weird flus and all the rest of it. But I think Let's go into the new year. Are you with me? Do we do our questions next year? How will you? Yes, how will you sounds great. How will you sounds yeah. great along with a few other little tweaks and twerks and we can be season nine can be a whole new thing. <laughs> okay. All right, Nikki, um, for our three favourite things, because this is the last one for the season and we are into holidays, Tell me, uh, what are your three favourite holiday traditions? Three favourite holiday traditions. One thing that we, and of course, you know, so sheltered living in Australia for the first 30 years of my life, I never realised that Christmas crackers or bonbons or what you call them are an Australian, uh, largely Australian-based tradition. So I didn't first, know that either. No. Well, I think they also have them in the UK and I'm sure everyone yelling at me can uh, now through their... <laughs> on their walk or on the whatever they're doing can tell me there are other places but I 
everywhere that we have lived, we have had to actively seek out the Christmas bonbon or the Christmas cracker. And so we have always made it a point and to always have them. So we might not have traditional food. We might not have all sorts of other things, but we try to have the Christmas cracker. And so the whole thing with the, you know, the paper, the paper crown and the plastic toy and the bad joke, the bad dad joke, and we try to always uh, source them. Now I have to go down into our storeroom and I think I might have some from a couple of years ago that I have to dig up because I do not know where I'm going to be able to find them here in Denmark. I did see uh, hilariously, I I don't know whether I was watching a YouTube video or a reel or a TikTok, who knows these days what you're watching, was some sort of tiny, tiny media clip where they were showing someone how to open a Christmas cracker, but they were opening it themselves. So they're pulling on both ends. And now how I grew up is you open it with somebody, you're sitting beside at the table and you both pull and whoever gets the big part gets to open the, read the joke and put the crown on and that kind of thing. Is that how you grew up with them? Yeah. So we had it that everybody had a Christmas cracker on their, you know, bread and butter plate. Yes. (laughs) And you would hand it over to your, you know, you choose who you were going to tear it with. Yeah. Yeah. And whoever got the the bigger end or whatever got yep. the prize in the middle. Yep. I have got Christmas crackers this year that are make your own. So they're an empty Christmas yeah, cracker. Well and you can yeah, well done. Personalize them. Um, <laughs> no plastic toys. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Well, um, I would say good on me, except I will have to be honest and say they've actually been in my cupboard for about four years where I haven't bought them out because I haven't ever made them for anyone. Well, <laughs> this is where you allocate them. Let's let's yes. designate that job. I give love that this, to someone. Nikki. Yes. Because that is something you could give Correct. to a younger member. Of your you? family. To say, okay, yes. you are going to put the name tag for Granny and decide what's going to go in Granny's. Um, Christmas cracker. Nikki, you're brilliant. I know. I have my moments. Okay. The second thing is we do Christmas Eve baking and a movie. So my daughter loves to bake. She's a very big baker. She goes big or goes home. She always does recipes she's never tried before. She does all this crazy stuff. We're not, you know, the traditional Christmas cookies or something. She's always trying some Ottolinghi cake or something the night before Christmas. Uh, But she bakes all day, usually on the 24th, and then we watch a Christmas Christmas movie and we're still working our way through a lot of Christmas movies. We don't have a regular and uh, my husband every year recommends Die Hard and I don't know, but I think we might be there this year. I think we're at Die Hard this year, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, And the third thing is we always stay for our first Christmas in a new country. That's been something that we've always done. We decided early on when we first moved to Hong Kong in November so that was handy. <laughs> we, and then we just thought it was always a good thing to do. Uh, this is our second Christmas in Denmark, but what we always try to do as well is to get a Christmas decoration from the country that we're living in, uh, so nice. to add it to the tree. Yeah. So we've had our Etsy COVID ones from Germany and we've also got little Hamburg-related uh, uh, Christmas balls on our tree. And, you know, every country we've had different things. So we um, – but we don't have anything from Denmark because last year we had a bit of a COVID Christmas. So it was the one time that Denmark said, oh, you should probably all stay inside and not do very much. So right. we're going yeah. to go out um, this year in the next few days down to the Christmas uh, – 
markets and have a look at decorations to buy. Although someone Beautiful. sent me a message and said you must have a George Jensen one or your Jensen because you're in Denmark now and that's what you must have on your tree. So we'll have to have a look. So there are three three Christmas traditions that we always Beautiful. do. What about uh, you, Kirsty? Okay, so my one thing that I started a few years ago that I am going to stick to and will never go back to the old way again is I ditched Christmas paper a few years ago for the exact reason I said, Nikki, is that um, it is so bad and as in most of it is unrecyclable because it's that cheap sort of shiny, flimsy, whatever. Um, It's also a massive waste of money and it goes straight in the bin and or straight into the recycling and goes to wherever it goes. So um, we have a fireplace here in um, Australia, at our home in Australia, and so we always get the Saturday paper delivered. So that Saturday paper gets stacked up throughout the year and then that is what I wrap my presents in. And for those that think, oh, that sounds so miserable (laughs) to have just a whole lot of newspaper wrappings like under the tree, I then decorate everyone's name, you know, with coloured, you know, textures, whether it's green or red or whatever, and I might put on the occasional ribbon that I've got from buying a present in a store where they've put a ribbon around something. I now have a collection of ribbons from over the years of those things. So that makes me very happy because it just doesn't feel as wasteful. So if anyone else is feeling that way. I can highly recommend it. Um, something that the kids started a few years ago, which was a brilliant surprise, and um, I'm just hoping nobody in the car has little people listening, but one of the things that used to drive me bananas is we are a family that has stockings. Um, we have the same stockings that G's uh, mother had for her family all Aww. those years ago. She had stockings made in the Philippines, and then as each of our children were born she had one mate for them from the same lady in the philippines with their names on them yes so but what happens when you have stockings is of course you end up being the sucker that is stuffing the stockings on (laughs) christmas eve you know after you've been through all the rigmarole of Getting everybody's presents. Yes, you're then racing through the house. Well, probably other more organised people than me are not doing this, but I'm the one racing through the house looking for things I can put in people's (laughs) stockings. Um, And it always used to be, you know, chocolates and, you know, those sorts of things, little surprise, jocks and socks and little things. But a beautiful thing happened only a few years ago and that was that I, because I would then have to stuff my own stocking and stuff my husband's stocking because he he didn't care either way. But I came out Christmas morning and my stocking had been stuffed and our children had done our stockings, which was just fantastic. And I thought, that is one of the nicest, loveliest things you guys have done, you know, just to wake up and have someone had been Father Christmas for you. Um, So that's one I could recommend if you want to start planting the seed of um, telling your kids that, you know, maybe they might like to put something in your stockings (laughs) and transition. Uh, It's lovely. And then our movie, because I know everybody has their movie, and, yes, we do do love actually like a lot of other people. And I know that it's not um, really uh, as relevant or perhaps, you know, maybe it's aged 
yeah. not well. Not well. You would say. Yes. yes. There's a lot of what's problematic about Love Actually articles yeah. that come out at this time every yes, year now. They yes. come out every year. But the one that I uh, like, my son learnt the flute and played this song, and we knew it was from a Christmas movie, and we thought that it was Love the Coopers because Diane Keaton plays the mother. Yeah, in Love the Coopers, and Love the Coopers is kind of all about Christmas coming together. For those who have seen it, there's one daughter that is so sick of coming home and being single that she brings home a soldier that she's met from the airport. There's somebody else who gets picked up shoplifting. There's a guy who's trying to be a single father, and he has the stress of all of that. Diane Keaton is all she's trying to do is make everybody have a nice Christmas. You know, she just wants everybody to be happy. And uh, so, yeah, we put it on the other day and I was like, no, this isn't it because I was waiting for Sarah Jessica Parker and I was thinking, where's Sarah Jessica Parker? And then I realised, oh, no, Diane Keaton plays the mum in more than one Christmas movie because Diane Keaton also plays the mum in The Family Stone, which I love. And The Family Stone is, of course, the one where Diane Keaton is unwell over Christmas and she has her adult children all come home. Sarah Jessica Parker is the uh, new love interest that nobody likes and everybody tries to make her feel very unwelcome and very uncomfortable. Uh, It's got all sorts of great characters in it um, and it's really quite touching by the end of it. And my um, other one that we also do is Christmas with the Moody's, even though I think my husband and I like it a lot more than our kids do. (laughs) Uh, But, yes, I'd highly recommend if you're looking for new ones. I saw Nikki Apple has got one at the moment called Spirited that has – uh, Will Farrell, Ryan Reynolds, and, and Will Farrell. Yeah. Yes, and have you done the, it yet? I haven't done it yet. I had before we changed our three favorite things. I had prepared a, some commentary on the Christmas movies I had watched so far and how yes. they're looking, and then um, the ones I hadn't watched. And the one I haven't watched is Spirited with Ryan Reynolds, and also there's uh, one on Prime called Something from Tiffany's. I realized I've been um, watching all the Netflix ones. I started watching a one last night, um, which is a Christmas series rather than a movie uh, with Tim Allen and Cal Penn called The Santa Clauses. And so I've watched a couple of episodes of that. Anyway, we can't have my uh, trashy Christmas movie uh, recommendations this year, but I'm quite getting into The Santa Clauses. Well, you've given us us a couple. So you would suggest The Santa Clauses and what would be your other one? Well, I wouldn't recommend any of the other ones I've watched, which was uh, Falling for Christmas, the Lindsay Lohan one, and uh, The Noel Diary, which is another one on Netflix. Okay, but you wouldn't recommend them. I wouldn't say, well, no, I don't think they're as good as the batch from last year, I have to say. So anyway. What's your all-time favourite? What's your all-time favourite Christmas movie? Oh, I don't know. I don't know because I I do like so many of them. Like you just reminded me about The Family Stone, which I do really, really enjoy. I don't have an all-time favourite. I like to rotate. I like to spread the love around. Kirsty, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yes, and happy holidays to you and a Merry Christmas. And we will be back in the new year, probably in the first sort of week or so of the new year, um, with our very optimistic how will you questions. And, Nikki, we were going, we were going to try and make some predictions of what we thought, how we thought the year would roll out. But I think 
we've discussed today why we can't really do that and how we don't really know because who knows what's going to happen. I mean, that that's always been the thing that I have loved about expat life is I've, I've loved the uncertainty of not knowing what the year brings and what could possibly happen. Um, I would just like that uncertainty to be more in my in my power if that makes sense rather than yes rather than some world event because there's one thing I can guarantee and that's this time next year I will be living in another country that's all I got for you (laughs) oh that's a good one I wonder I'm sure I share that with a lot of the people listening right now so anyway well how exciting (laughs) okay Kirsty good chat and I'll speak to you later okay bye now